Hey you guys, I'm Gabby Brooks and you are listening to another episode of Unfiltered Feelings. Today we sit down and talk with Melody and I could not be more excited for you guys to all meet her. She is one of the sweetest human beings ever. And the whole time we were having this conversation, her wisdom and just the words that she spoke, I could not help but keep saying, whoa, 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 that's good. So today let's sit down and talk with Melody. Melody Lynn and I'm really excited about today's podcast we already had a great conversation but for everyone who's listening to the podcast no one really knows who you are so briefly give a speed date to everyone who's listening of who you are (laughs) yeah so my name is Melody Lynn um I depending on the day and which hat I'm wearing I have a lot of different titles sometimes I am I mean I'm a singer songwriter based in Atlanta Georgia Um, I also work as a junior agent for a talent agency Um, I have been an acting coach I lead worship at different (laughs) churches I mean the list goes on Um, but um, I, ooh, so, okay, something super important. I am obsessed with alpacas. I have talked <laughs> about this just before. Um, and if you don't like alpacas, I don't know if we can relate. You know what I'm saying? Like, they are so cute. Do you feel me, Okay, Gabby? my little sister is obsessed with alpacas, and she'll come up to me all the time. She's like, Gabby, look at this alpaca. But I've never heard of another person being like, yo, Gabby alpacas though <laughs> I'm saying they are so stinking cute I mean like you look at their face and you're just like I feel the love you know <laughs> but <laughs> oh my goodness oh my god fun fact now that I'll know about you I'm gonna be like okay so alpacas that's how I'm gonna start every single conversation with you now <laughs> oh my gosh yes okay so the amount of alpaca paraphernalia that I own is is inspiring and also disturbing at the same time (laughs) um but but that besides that um I you know I am a I have a sister um and I kind of grew up she and I are both in the arts um I enjoy singing and I can't dance worth a flip um but I try and I mean, I feel like anything else is just boring about me because it's like, oh, yeah, I painted my nails on Tuesday. (laughs) The quarantine life. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, whenever I ask someone, oh, how's how's life going? What you been up to? It feels like such a dumb question because they're like, well, I've been sitting at home for four months. What have you been doing? I saw this really cool show on Netflix. Um, Other than that. (laughs) Oh my goodness, yes. Outer Banks, plugging oh, that. So good. Oh my we aren't goodness. even going to get on that topic, though, because I could talk about that for hours. Love that. <laughs> oh know. my goodness. But okay, we're going to get into the meat of the podcast. And everyone else is probably like, oh my goodness, this girl loves alpacas. She's talking about Outer Banks. I'm already <laughs> signing off. <laughs> probably. So bye. <laughs> Just kidding. But okay. So you mentioned a little bit about all these different hats that you wear and all these different things that you do. How does that look differently in 2020? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I'm still I'm still singer-songwriter because I can do that yeah. anywhere, thankfully. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as leading worship, I have been doing a lot of that during uh, quarantine and everything with COVID. Um, but until I think it was two or three weeks ago, most churches were doing online yeah. services. And so we would go in and we're singing and leading worship to a camera. So it felt really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you just have to go in with the heart posture and the mindset of I'm I'm not here to worship for anybody. I'm here to worship the Lord. And, you know, I'm my job and my position is to lead worship and and help others worship as well mm-hmm. and get them into that heart posture in that place. Um but that it's not about me. And if I'm uncomfortable, that's my problem. And I need to fix that. So <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, you kept bringing up heart posture. How what do you yes. define as heart posture? And how do you that even in such a weird and uncertain time? Um. Well, I mean, I feel like, you know, when you're coming before the Lord, yeah. okay, a lot times and especially I think nowadays and yeah you can't I mean you can have a conversation with God just chatting like he wants to hear from you mm-hmm. um, but I think worship is something different and I know it is for me personally that it's a time where we are purposefully coming before the Lord to worship him it's not to bring our grievances or our worries or concerns I mean yeah you can lay those things down but ultimately worship is to praise him yeah. and if there any arrogance or anything self-righteous in me, I really have to work on that and sit down and be like, okay, well, where is it stemming from? And then I have to uproot it. We were talking about that earlier. So we're like uprooting issues um, and removing them so that we can get ourselves where we need to be. Yeah. And, you know, I think as far as worship is concerned, heart posture is allowing the spirit to worship through you. Yeah. Um, and not not worshiping with your hands raised because everyone else is doing it or, mm-hmm. you know, not being excited and jumping around because everyone else is doing it because everyone worships differently. Yeah. And it is not something that is led by man. Worship is led by the Holy Spirit. Ooh. And so if we put ourselves in a position where he is in total control, the Lord is in total control and we give him control over our spirits and our worship it brings it to a whole new level where it's no longer me melody the person who's just so you know just a human a corrupt human who sins and makes mistakes worshiping it's the holy spirit worshiping through me on a completely different level and so you know you're giving god all of the glory and all of the control and to me that's what worship heart posture is um, oh, as- that's so good. <laughs> Girl, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's something that, you know, I've, I've talked about this before, too. But I mean, growing up in middle school and high school, you know, I sang not a lot, but I would sing around people and they'd always be like, Oh, you have such a pretty voice, blah, 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 you know, and I struggled with being arrogant about it. And it was something that the Lord brought to my attention very early on and was like, uh-uh, mm-mm, this, we're not playing with this, no. <laughs> so yeah. it's something, something I've had to be mindful of is, you know, okay, where is your heart in this? Like, are you leading worship here because of you and what you want? Or are you leading worship here because you are wanting to glorify God and help others do so too? So 
that's where I've been. (laughs) No, that's so good. Okay. So it's really hard if someone has, especially in the Christian world, God gives certain gifts to certain people, I feel like, to go about Mm -hmm. his plan. How, because some people, it's easy to be like, yeah, God gave me this gift. And it's just human habit, human nature to do that. How would be the Mm -hmm. best advice if someone's struggling with that? how you go about that when you know God's given you this gift, how to not be prideful about it, but how to know that it's from him and not from yourself. Oh goodness. Well, for me, pride came before a fall. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. nothing more humbling than standing in front of like your entire church congregation and forgetting the entire, like the entire two verses. And you're just standing there like, (laughs) woo, go guys. (laughs) But, um, you know, for me, I had the fall, but, you know, like maintaining that and making sure that I'm not in a place of arrogance. I mean, it just comes from being mindful and yeah. being aware of yourself and your, your intentions behind things um, and testing everything against God's word. I mean, if, if you're doing something or there's something in your heart and you know that there is a scripture that goes against it, it doesn't belong there in your heart. So get it out and whatever you have to do, pray, praise, like read your Bible, get on your floor and just lay flat out and just give it all over to God. If that's what it takes then do it, you know, yeah. because there is no place to let the enemy use that to make you ineffective for the, the kingdom of God. And I've been in that situation and it heats me up. Oh, it heats me up. are God's children and the only reason the enemy has any authority to to mess with us or or come into our life is because the Lord is allowing him to 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 test us and Mm. and when the enemy sees that we're being effective for the kingdom of God and we were talking about this earlier he will come out with everything he has so if you feel like you're being beaten down by the enemy or you're struggling with arrogance or you're struggling with pride or whatever it is that you're struggling with and you just feel like you are laid flat out on the floor and you have nothing left to fight with, know that God has something planned for you and that there is purpose in that. So do not give up fighting and get mad with the devil. Get mad. Oh, that's so good. So good. I'm going to continue saying that's so good throughout this whole thing. Oh, okay. With everything you said, it just brought me back to what we were talking about earlier, where you were just saying there's purpose for everything that we go through. And we got mm-hmm. on this interesting conversation about there's purpose in the waiting. So what do you think about the purpose in the waiting? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I know that I can speak to this personally being in a place and especially in 2020, my mm-hmm. goodness, um, being in a place where you feel like the promise that you've been given is never going to come because you've just been waiting for so dang long. Like Mm -hmm. you're like, all right, I'm looking at my watch. It's been like two years. We ready. (laughs) um, There, there is something to be said. And I was talking with a friend even, and I, you know, I've talked to friends and family members who have gone through this where it's just a waiting period. And they're like, I don't feel like I'm ever going to get to where I want to be. I don't feel necessarily that God is moving here I just feel so out of touch with him and I I just feel so beaten down by everything going on because I'm so exhausted of being here yeah and 
you know, something that I've had to learn along the way is that there is purpose in the waiting. Like you're there one of two reasons. And I know I mentioned this to you, but there's, there's one of two reasons that you're stuck where you're at. Yeah. Well, there could be more than that, but (laughs) two main reasons that I've seen in my life. And one, it's because there is a lesson to be learned there and that you haven't learned it yet. Um, and you know, there's growing pains that we go through as believers And in order to get to where God needs us to be, we have to go through step A, B, and C to get to the outcome. Yeah. Uh, And we're not going to be ready for step B until we go through step A. And, you know, likewise on throughout the alphabet of steps, you know? Yeah. Um, But, you know, so, so that's one. One is that there's a lesson to be learned there and you just haven't learned it yet. So press into that. Pray about what the lesson is. And try to learn it. (laughs) Um, And the second thing is that it has nothing to do with you. And it has everything to do with someone or multiple people in your life, wherever you're at. Like you might be in a job that you cannot stand and you have been trying everything to get out of it, but no job opportunities have come. And you can't quit because you need to pay your bills. And this is the job that's doing it. And you feel like you're just stuck there and you've tried everything to get out, but there are people around you. And while you're focused on yourself, and again, I'm preaching to the choir, I'm preaching to myself here. Yeah. Um, you're, you're so focused on yourself and wanting to get out that you're missing all of the people around you who God has placed in your life for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. And there is a reason for that. There's, there's something going on. Are they hurting? Are they in need? Um, have they, you know, heard the gospel. I mean, that's our, our, our main goal is the great commission to go and tell others about God and Jesus and what, what he's done for us. And I think so often, especially in American culture, um, especially in American culture where it's just so fast paced and you never slow down and it's very like self oriented, Mm -hmm. um, and career oriented, like getting to the next level and getting to the top and doing whatever you have to do to get there. It's so easy to miss the people around you. So to reiterate, there's like the two reasons. There's one, you've got a lesson to learn or two, there's someone around you who God has placed in your life because he needs to work through you or he wants to work through you, not needs to. He doesn't need us. but <laughs> <laughs> Like we're just dust. We're just we're dust. dust. We're just dust, but he uses us and he wants to use us. So there's a reason for the waiting. There's purpose in it. So don't get discouraged, but start praying for what it is and keep an eye out for it. And it might not come because our, we have no control over our timing. We have zero control over our timing. And, you know, it's, it's all in God's control and he knows best and we can't even fight that, you know? Like, yeah. There's no point. We're just wasting our time if we go into that argument. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I love everything you just said because something that I've been thinking, I don't know. You have TikTok, right? I do. Okay. Yeah, okay. girl. <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird question to ask after a deep conversation. But there's been this thing going around and it's the main character mentality. And then I saw something where there's all these people that are like, are you the main character? And then it names all the things. And we live in a society where we feel like we have to be the main character to have value on our life. And okay, we were talking about earlier how when people who have anxiety, we want to have the control. And that's one reason that triggers our anxiety when we feel like we're out of control. Mm-hmm. 
And I was hearing something that countered that TikTok on TikTok, actually. And he was saying, hey, we are just characters in God's stories. He's the main character. And I was like, whoa. So, yeah. And we were you were talking a lot about control and not mm-hmm. being self-centered. So how do you think it's best to live out a life where you can look at other people and you can see that you are in a bigger story, that you have a bigger plan and how that affects your life? Yeah, I think, I mean, I really think it just goes back to that verse, um, Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. And when we, when we get into that mindset and we get into that way of thinking, that worldview of God is God, like he is so enormous, completely understand. And you just kind of zoom out. I mean, our lenses are so so focused on the minuscule thing that when we when we zoom out it's kind of like on our camera we can zoom in and something might look completely different but when we zoom out we see the full picture and it's like oh okay you know you know like oh it's not it's not a tennis ball what is it um soul surfer where they were doing that where they had zoomed in yeah it was like ball or something and it was the fly's eyeball (laughs) yeah So we've just got to zoom out. I mean, Mm -hmm. if we get into the perspective of God is looking, I mean, he's, he sees everything. He sees all of the universes, all of the galaxies. He sees earth, which is tiny. I mean, if you've seen any pictures of space and where, you know, the, the camera is so, so far away and it's taking pictures of earth and it's just so tiny. And then you think about, okay, well, when I'm in an airplane, I can't even see people. And when I'm maybe what, you know, 3,000, 4,000 feet in the air, they, the cars look like little ants. Oh, I love it when it does that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like inside that, you're like, oh, there's even tinier ants like yeah. inside that thing. Oh my <laughs> and goodness. so you just, I'm a very visual person if you couldn't tell already. No, I <laughs> so- love it. <laughs> So, like, I'm just thinking how tiny, how tiny, tiny, tiny we are, and yet here we are, and and God sees us and how much he loves us, and we're so tiny. Is that not insane? It's so crazy. Okay, the crazy thing is, too, we were talking about this earlier, and the thing I wrote down was change of perspective, because you continued to bring up that, okay, change of perspective. Like, we even talked about what does a brighter future mean for you? And you had a whole different perspective than anyone else I've had on the podcast. So (laughs) I want you to talk a little bit about that so that other people understand your change of perspective that you mean. Yeah, so so I'm talking about the brighter future part. Is that what I'm talking about? Yeah, bring up what the brighter future phrase means to you because I just love the perspective you had on that. Okay, yeah, so... Brighter future um, for me, because, you know, especially now with 2020, and I'm going to keep referring to 2020 because I don't yeah. think, I don't think anybody knows what the heck to do this year. But, no. um, <laughs> so, especially this year with, with such a collective amount of people who are going through the same thing and going through a lot of uncertainty, um, you know, brighter future for me means, you know, I don't know if we're going to come back from this and I don't. I don't know if a lot of people know if we're going to come back from this the same way or if things are going to continue to deteriorate and we're just getting closer to the end times or if we're going to have this huge revolution and spiritual awakening. Like, I don't I don't know. But I do know 
that ultimately there is heaven and that's something I cannot fathom. I, I mean, I can read all day long in the scriptures about what heaven is like, and I don't think that I will ever fully understand it until I'm there. Mm -hmm. And knowing that that is promised to me, like I said earlier on, you know, you're waiting for the promise. That's the promise to all of God's children. And that's the one I have to focus on because I can't trust anything here on earth because, you know, we're dust, we're human, we're going to make mistakes and the world is a sinful place and I can't trust it to fulfill a promise for me. I can trust that God's going to give me the promise that he has given me in his timing. Um, But ultimately the only thing I can count on is that his grace is going to get me to heaven one day, whether he comes back or whether I pass on from earth, you know, like, that's such a, you know, I just, unless I die. Okay. Um, <laughs> this isn't the pulpit. I can say dead, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, unless I die or unless God comes back, you know, he, that's, that's what I have to focus on is that's the promise and nothing here that's promised to me could ever amount to the promise of heaven and being able to be face to face with God, my creator that I've prayed to and, heard from and felt in certain situations and heard people talk about for my entire life coming face to face with him. I, I'm going to be flat on the floor. I mean, I'm just going to be laid out, (laughs) but I, that's, that's what I think of a brighter future is that's, that's the one that I'm, that's the brightest future, you know, not just the bright, but the brightest future. Oh girl. I love that you said all of that. Because when you said it earlier, I was like, yes. And now when you said it again, I'm still like, that's good. <laughs> but, okay. So when you have that outlook, how does that change the way that you go about the waiting? And the way that you live those days out where everything's a little fuzzy and uncertain? How do you go in with more of a hopeful mind? And how does that affect you during those times? Mm, good question. I, I, I mean, I admittedly have breakdowns and yeah. I have times where I, you know, I, I lose focus, I lose perspective, and I slip and I get stressed out. I mean, just like everyone. Um, But I think when I when I come back, and I I take a moment, and I breathe, and I pray, and I get my focus set where it needs to be set. Nothing else, nothing can touch me, you know, I'm, I'm God's child. And the only thing that happens to me is if he has ordained it and allowed it. And if he's allowed it, then it must be for his glory. And if it's for his glory, then it's for his good. And if it's for his good, then it is for the good of all creation. And so I just have to, I mean, you just have to keep the perspective. You have to keep focusing on him and and it changes daily. I mean, daily circumstances come up and hit you, you know, out of left field and you're just kind of sitting there thinking, I don't know what to do next. (laughs) Am I going to make it to the next thing? You know, you never know, but he's in total control. And I think it, it makes me feel secure. It makes me feel secure. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about something. We didn't actually talk about this beforehand, but I was thinking when you're bringing all this up, there's a difference between waiting and there's a difference between feeling purposeless. 
when you feel purposeless, mm. what is the best way that you counterdict that? Or if someone's listening to this right now and they're like, yeah, that's great for the wedding and God's glory. But what if I'm not in his story? What would be the best advice you'd give to that person? Oh, you, if you're here, you're in his story. Um, if you are finding yourself in a place where you just don't feel like you have any purpose, that is a lie from the enemy. And we have to call it out as what mm. it is. Because we are each his children. Um, each, each one of us is a child of God, whether we accept him or not. Um, we were created with a purpose or he, like, he's not a purposeless God. I mean, you see it over and over again in scripture. And he cannot, God cannot deny himself. Like, he cannot be in opposition with himself. And he is a purposeful God, which has been laid out in scripture for us to see. So if he made you and it was without a purpose, that can't happen. Yeah. So if you're feeling purposeless, just just know that that is a lie and start counteracting that. Instead of saying to yourself, oh, I feel like I have no purpose. Tell yourself, I have a purpose. And then pray, God, show me my purpose. And anytime that you feel the enemy lying to you and saying that you have, you have no purpose, point in being here like you could just go away and nobody would care that is the biggest lie that the enemy tells us Mm -hmm. is that nobody cares yes Uh, so and if you if you need someone to to say that reach out to me I will tell you (laughs) I will tell you somebody cares because God cares I care Gabby cares I mean there's there's a whole group of us who care um and and God is just in total control of your life and he loves you and he sees you. He sees you to your very inner being. Yes. And we just have to call out all of the lies. Like if, if, if you think that you're ugly, you've got to say that God made me beautiful. Mm-hmm. If you think that you're unintelligent, God gave me wisdom. Yes. If you think that you don't have a purpose, God made me with a purpose and for a purpose. Mm. And you just have to speak out against the lies because the enemy's going to try and, and keep us silent. He's going to try and keep us in the dark for as long as he possibly can because he knows that God can use us. Ooh, yes, that's so okay. Me and my friends actually sat down a little while back and we were talking about how you almost have to speak truths over your life because you're constantly mm-hmm. shoved down with all these lies, whether it's from social media, whether it's from all these different outlets that we have that can constantly just make us feel down or unworthy or unvaluable. So I just love that you brought that up. And I think it's so important too, like what we were talking about beforehand is you brought up meditation and prayer and you brought up meditation on the Bible where it's almost, and if you're listening to this and you're like, yo, Gabby, I tried reading the Bible. I just don't understand it. My best advice is when you start reading the Bible, get like a devotion that speaks to you. So it allows you to better understand the things that you're reading, because when you start getting into it, everything starts to change. And when you start not just reading a verse, you start reading the whole story. It changes the whole game of the narrative of what God was trying to tell you. So Mm -hmm. I just love that you said that. And I think it's important, especially the days right now to constantly feed yourselves with positive things and positive things that God says you are and not that the world is saying, well, it's dark. There's no, there's nothing left. The world's crashing and burning. Like you turn on the TV and it seems like it's all crashing Mm -hmm. and burning around you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But okay. Going on all of this, I thought about something dealing with purpose. So 
we actually didn't talk about this one either beforehand, but <laughs> well, I'm just bringing up random questions. But I love it. So you were talking about purpose and value on per- someone's life. How mm-hmm. did you discover your value in times where, one, you didn't feel like you had purpose, you felt like it was waiting, and where was the the determination between finding value in things that just weren't solid and finding value Mm. in things that gave you sense of worth and where are some things that you know that you can't get value from Mm, I love that um so growing up I grew up in a Christian home like my parents we'd always go to church on Sunday my grandparents are Christians um and they lived next door to me growing up so I had double influence coming on both sides but um (laughs) You know, I grew up with that. So I had a pretty solid foundation, I would say, growing up as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've always gone to church. I've always been a learner. I love I'm a student. I mean, don't <laughs> put me back in, please. But I love learning. <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, I've I've, tri- you know, college was essential for me. It was a turning point in my walk with Christ because I, I mean, I literally looked my mom in the face one day while I was in college and I looked at her and I was like, I don't know if I still believe in God. Like I, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling to believe because, you know, I grew up, I was homeschooled. So there was a bit of shelter there. It was never, I mean, I was out and about with people all the time with extracurriculars and stuff, but you know, there's an extra sensitivity that comes with not being around hundreds of other kids your age. Yeah everything and so I was getting all of that fed to me in college where it was you know different beliefs and different ideas and ideologies and theologies and I was just you know overwhelmed I think for a minute there I was like oh my gosh what do I believe you know and (laughs) and but that's I think that's such an amazing place to be because it went from being my parents religion and their theology to mine yes um and I tried, I mean, I, I tried having music bring me joy and I found anxiety and insecurity everywhere I turned. I tried having um, people fulfill my need for being wanted and, and finding purpose and being like, well, maybe I'm here for this person or this person. And I finally, like God finally got me to the point he was like, no, you're not here for anyone but me. The reason I have created you and he was like, and you don't get to question me being selfish on this because I'm God, like <laughs> Trump card of all time. I am God. Like, Okay, I get it. Um, but there is nothing that I have ever found more security in than God. And even when I'm questioning him and even when I am not sure why he has me going through something or I'm not certain you know, about a certain scripture, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, why would he say that? Why would he, you know, why would he do this? And, you know, and, and then it always comes back to that. It's like, even, even in the midst of all of my questioning, he has been the thing that has felt the truest and has proved, proved true over and over and over Mm -hmm. in my life. And he's not a silent God for the most part. Uh, He he wants to reveal himself to you. And sometimes it's just from looking around and taking in all of creation and being like, this couldn't have just been <laughs> like, this could have been an accident. Yeah. And the fact that I can sit here and I can consciously think 
to myself. I wonder who created this. I wonder who created me, you know, and then think inside myself, what are my own motives? And being able to reflect on things like that, I, that, what, you can't just sneeze and that happens. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's purpose in that. Yeah. And, and that is where I find my purpose. And that is where I have found so much security in knowing and, and having so many circumstances where God has made himself like physically available to me. I mean, you know, I told you about, you know, that, that car accident I was in and feeling him wrap his arms around me and keep me secure And to the time where, you know, I'm laid out on the floor crying and I just hear the whisper of it's going to be okay. Like I'm here, you know? So, and a lot of people will listen to this and be like, oh, this girl's crazy. Crazy. (laughs) But if I have to be crazy in order to believe in God and to trust in him and to know that there's purpose, call me crazy. I'm okay with it. Like, cool. (laughs) No. Okay. I, love that you brought all this up because one I feel like it's important for people to realize that you've had doubts you've been a questioner it wasn't just like oh I believe this from the time I was born I feel like our stories hold so much power in him and it's our greatest ministry almost so when you were going through that time of doubting and stuff what was some of the questions in the back of your head and how was it through your story that God answered some of the questions Oh, um, I mean, the questioning just came, came with, like, there are so many other ways. First, are there any other ways to heaven? Yeah. You know, that's one of those questions. Mm -hmm. And I have, I've come to the conclusion that if I'm going to believe anything in the Bible and for anything in the Bible to be true, it all has to be true or I'm cheating myself and I'm, I'm a liar, you know? Or I'm hypocritical, one or the other. <laughs> um, and don't get me started on hypocritical. I'll go, I'll go all day. <laughs> Another <Hi>. podcast episode. <laughs> I'll get you back and we'll talk about that. <laughs> Girl, oh my gosh. But I think, you know, I just, that was one of the biggest questions is like, are there, are there other people who can go to heaven from different religions, you know? And, and how do I get to the point where I, I am not diminishing their worth just because of what I believe and how could that be fair and you know you question I think questioning fairness is a huge thing too um but then it comes back to again God is God and he is the one who created fairness and what is right and what is wrong and we don't get to change the game just because of what we feel or what we think Uh, even even if we believe something like you know, I might believe something all, all the while knowing what the scripture says yeah, and knowing that what he said is true, even though I feel a certain way about something else. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think it just comes, I mean, it just comes with digging in and doing your research. And if you need proof, then go to theology school. If you if you refuse to believe in God and you are an atheist or you are um, agnostic and you believe there's a God, but you don't really believe in the Bible per se, the best place you can go to prove the Bible wrong. I'm going to challenge you. Go to theology (laughs) school, go to seminary. And then if you still don't believe after all of that proof, because I couldn't, 
I, I'm not knowledgeable enough to give you all of that. I've gone to two years of theology school, but I'm not like, there's so much more information that I don't have. Yeah. And there's so much information on the internet that's so misleading and so confused. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to test anything about the Bible, go to theology school, sit there and be a critic. Yeah. Sit there, critic. do it because you're, I, I mean, I guarantee that you're going to sit there and your life is going to be changed one way or the other. Mm, that's so good. Okay. I was thinking too, I'm really interested almost for my own personal thing is yeah. what is your view of what the core of Christianity is because I think our core is what sets us apart from all other religions but I'm interested about what your definition of the core of Christianity is well I mean the core of it is is the story of Jesus dying on the cross and the fact that he has or for me personally what I see what I think what I've learned and what I've put together is that the core of it has nothing I mean it has to do with us in the sense that Jesus came to earth and he died for all of our sins, past, present, future. Yeah. Um, and made a way for us past, present, and future as long as we're here and haven't met the maker yet. That <laughs> we can turn our lives around and we can repent of the things that we have done and we have we can claim him as Jesus Christ and name him Lord above all. Yeah. And we can be saved eternally. Um, and then you know, there's, there's kind of two parts to it. There's the main story, which is of Jesus. I mean, even in the old Testament, you're reading through the lineage and it's taking you step by step by step through these people's lives and journeys, seeing how God is moving in order, you know, step A, step (laughs) B, step B, in order to get to the new Testament where Jesus is born and he lives and he dies and he raises, he rises again. Like he comes back life and he shows himself to people and then he goes to heaven to be with the lord at his right side and i think you know that's that's the whole story i mean that's the main story of the bible we hear all these different names in the bible but it's all pointing back to jesus it's all pointing like the old testament is pointing forward to jesus to where we're headed and the whole entire new testament is pointing directly to Jesus. So we're le- we're led up to it and then we're pointed at it and then all of the future looks back at Jesus's death and that's that's where our focus should be is like what he did for us and what he's called us to do now. Um and I think you know, I'm a blabbermouth so I could go on and on but <laughs> you know, and then there's the second part which is focused on us yeah. and what okay, like God died for us. Now what what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um and it like he, he, he's not purposeless. There was a purpose in him coming and teaching and preaching and loving on people and crossing borders and crossing boundaries. I mean, the woman at the well, for Pete's sake, he's over there talking, first of all, to a woman of a different nationality that Jews should not be talking to. Like yeah. culture, that was so not okay. And yet, and then, and then he's a man by himself talking to a woman by herself. And then on top of all of that, she's a woman who is scorned and cheating on her husband and all of these things. And society, like society had to cast her out. Yeah. And Jesus made a point to go to the outcast and bring her into the inner group. Yeah. And I think we're at, you know, we're 
especially socially, and I won't go all into it, but I mean, you know what's going on in the world, but yeah, <laughs> you know, socially, and you know what's going on in America. Oh my God, bless <laughs> us all. Um, but you know, like we're supposed to walk the way that Jesus walked. We're supposed to go and tell the gospel. We're supposed to spread his love yeah, while also not compromising his truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm going to use the term. I'm going to do it. American gospel. Oh, I did it. <laughs> uh, the American prosperity gospel of God is for you. So you can do whatever you want is such a lie mm. from the enemy. And it has corrupted Christianity to a point where my heart I've I've sat down and just cried it has broken my heart yeah and to see and I know I'm like kind of going off on a tangent no here, say but, it. I love it <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you know we've gotten to a point like we're we're not here for ourselves we're not here to sit here and do all this self-discovery and be like and I mean yeah it helps us along the way to better know ourselves so that we can function for the Lord better. But we're not yeah. we're not sent here to just sit here and learn ourselves and be like, oh, I have come to a complete realization of self-knowledge. I feel so empowered. Um, and now I'm just going to go live my life for me and I'm going to feel good about it. Yeah. It's And then God will love me when I get to heaven, mm. even though I've done whatever I want. And on my own, I've come to the self-realization that, you know, and you know, lying is okay. Or I've come to the self-realization that, that, um, all like, you know, the sins, I don't want to like call people out, but <laughs> you're like a sin is a sin. And the Bible says what sin, not me. Yeah. So, you know, like there's all these different things and contrary to popular opinion, possibly, you know, we're supposed to be, oh my gosh, I'm trying to censor myself here, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is pushing me. Okay. Just say it. I'm just going to say it. Okay. So, I mean, the Bible calls out sin. Yeah. There's stealing, there's cheating, there's lying, there is disobeying and dishonoring your parents. Homosexuality is a sin. I love the community. I have so much love in my heart. I have mm. friends who have struggled with that, yeah. who have dealt with that. I love them and they know where I stand. And I, and I'm thankful that we're in a community now where we can say, what we think and believe and still have love for those people. Mm. And they know that. Yes. Like you don't don't agree with me and my beliefs on Christianity. And I do not hold anything against you. Absolutely nothing because you've come to your conclusion. And I respect that for you. Yeah. I love you and pray for you. Best know I'm going to be praying that the Lord opens your eyes. But if you refuse to do that, that's your right. And I love you. Oh, anything that we were talking about in closing, is there anything you would want to say to anyone who is listening? Um, I mean, you know, just that you are so loved and you are so cherished. Yeah. And anyone who tells you otherwise, don't listen to them because that's the voice of lies. Mm. Um, And just to be conscious because a lot of things that are going on right now, in the world there is a spiritual nature to them um of spiritual warfare and things that we can't necessarily see with our eyes but we feel in our hearts yeah and just to be aware of that whatever that means I mean if you need to you know I don't know what we're supposed to do with it you know 
that's God's call whenever we recognize it. And if he wants us to shut something down or speak out in truth, because right now in today's age, and like I, like I said earlier, I was trying to censor myself, but sometimes the Holy Spirit urges you to say things and you may not want to, yeah. <laughs> but you're going to shake until you do. Like you feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I mean, I mean, like, it's just, I want you to know that you are loved and you're important. Mm -hmm. And that's what it comes down to is that Jesus sent his, I mean, God sent his only son, Jesus to come and die. And I believe a thousand percent if he did it and he had to do it over again and it was just for you and nobody, like nobody else was going to be brought in on this really amazing gift and it was just you and you were the only person who could receive it and he was like if I die they're going to receive eternal life he would do that for you just for you yes Uh, so I don't know where you're at in life and I don't know if you agree with me or not and either way that's totally fine I love and respect you Um, but just know that you are so so precious and so loved and I I am not a theologist. I am just a child of God who reads her Bible <laughs> and is here to love and inspire people and encourage you any way I can. So, oh, yeah, I love that. And I'm so happy that you were on the podcast. Like, I truly appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Unfiltered Feelings. Please follow us on Instagram at Unfiltered Feelings. Also, feel free to leave us a review. I would love to hear your feedback. Or if you ever wanted to DM Unfiltered Feelings, I would love, love, love to talk to you. I hope you guys have a great week this week. Bye, you guys.